Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Well, good afternoon and welcome to the beautiful Teatro Sociale in the heart of Old Trento. We're here as autumn slowly closes in on us to cast our eyes forward and dream of sunnier times of summer. And of a journey across the Italian peninsula from the Apennines to the Dolomites and from Turin to Rome. It's time to look forward to the Giro women next July and also to reveal the roots of the 107th Giro d'Italia. Sembra un sogno rivederti, accarezzarti, le tue mani fra le mani. Well, the, the very slight Italian hubbub that you can hear is um is is genuine stuff. That is a um uh, a conversation ongoing between the uh, director of the Giro d'Italia, Mauro Vegni, and the shark of Messina, Vincenzo Nibali, who, as things stand right now, with 10 minutes to go until the Giro presentation, he's just getting his microphone uh, put on because he's part of the presentation team these days, no longer racing, and his buttocks, um, slim and slender though they are still, are resting on uh, the little bit of perspex that separates me from the wider backstage area here in the Teatro Sociale in Trento. Um, uh, Primoz Roglic is also wandering around looking for the toilet somewhere and we are awaiting the imminent arrival of Filippo Ganajai Hindley and Peter Sagan uh, as well as Letizia Paternoster and Elisa Longo-Borghini who are all going to join us on stage. It's going to be wildly good fun. Um, but in terms of this podcast, um, we are going to do a big jump, leap past the Giro presentation in time and space um, and I'm going to pick it up the other side of Perry's wonderful jingle um, when we will talk well, I'll talk to Peter and David in another Italian edition of Never Stray's Farfalle. And now I'm going to go... So then it goes... <laughs> Wait, it goes... I'll go to... Me, David, Pete... You go yeah. two, you go two. Okay, Pete goes three. Okay, so I'm going to go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Pete, first question to you. Uh, how me. was dinner? At dinner. Uh, it was. We had a little chat about dinner, didn't we? We did. We had a little WhatsApp chat. It was, I don't know why, it wasn't as good as when you made it at the tour. <laughs> it was, although I went for oh, Penny so Rigata, is it? Where it's slightly bigger. Yeah. That was my first the mistake. Oh, the really big ones? The, yeah, yeah, that was, my, really I went big. for the, the fancy pasta because I was all up for making this amazing dish. But yeah. didn't read the small print and I wanted the, the actual classic Penny pasta for it. Then, yeah, I mean, it was good. It was really good. Don't get me wrong. We had a nice sort of um, parmesan and rucola salad to go with it. Um, some mozzarella and tomatoes, as always. Um, but, yeah, I've I've got a, a bit of room for improvement. 
but that's what but, i like so just that's a, what i like about these dishes though it's a bit trial it's trial yeah. and error isn't it and you you sort of it's a journey, as you go you it's a journey and you learn what how much to put in to, if have you put you too make it much your own exactly but you always forget though that's the whole point isn't it uh, yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so just for a bit of context pete sort of messaged me a couple of hours maybe an hour before i started like doing the the, the presenting on the Giro presentation and we, we may come to that we may not i don't know um but uh yeah it's saying i'm cooking that dish that you you cooked do you remember david when we were staying in that amazing chalet Oh yeah, like at, in Saint Gervais Les Bains or near there or somewhere. Yeah. Is that what it's? It yeah. was Saint Gervais Les Bains. Um, yeah. yeah, and then I think on the first day or something, I cooked. Essentially, it's an incredibly it's the most simple pasta kind of sauce that you can possibly imagine, isn't it? It's just olives and tomato mm. sauce and all that sort of thing. But yeah, but there's ways of yeah. Anyway, I'm, I was very chuffed, Pete, that you remembered that because i'd completely forgotten about that meal <laughs> yeah and there's, it's, there's yeah. paprika and there's balsamic and um well so i throw a bit of fresh basil in at the end um so yeah it's it is simple but yeah all all great dishes are simple aren't they all mm. all great cuisines are simple so true what's Pete? your favorite minimum effort m- maximum what? satisfaction what would be your favourite, like your desert island? Oh, I can't do this. Dinner. No, I'm I'm too indecisive no, for that. Either. Can you? Me too. No. Can you, David? Actually, I, yeah, yeah, I can for David. Obviously, probably Singapore, Singapore fried noodles, noodles isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I I actually Basically. it'd be it'd be a classic <laughs> Italian pizza that you're just like, how is it this good? And it, but it just is. Yeah. Just a margarita, and it just it's just amazing, and you're just baffled why it's why it's so much better than anywhere else i was super impressed all so about today, go hang on i'm just we um because the kids are off school here it's and nicole's away so i'm entertaining the kids we went out to empurius which is this amazing place like 30 k's from here it's the ruins so like the greek ruins and the roman ruins and actually and coincidentally i'd listened to a podcast this would be months ago and they were going on about the history of psychedelics etc etc and I think the, one of the oldest traces they found of human consumption of psychedelics was in a pot from the Greek Empurius ruins just down the road from me in the world. What? Yeah, from... What? Yeah, from, we're talking 3,000, 2,500, 3,000 years ago. What were they taking, David? I think what psilocybin. They, what was I, the I think it was psilocybin. It was kind of because they, they had, the, they know that in, in Greek culture they had this annual event which was, they think, revolved a lot around psychedelic consumption. And it appears that, yeah, it's, it's amazing. I'll find it. But anyway, so we were down there and we were, um, had the kids were pretty into it. Not really. Archie was my oldest. But then we went for lunch. This is the link. And I was so impressed with okay. Archibald, who is a bit of a gourmand, if I may say so myself, regards his food. We went to a pizzeria, but they also were doing like Catalan classic, like fidua, which is kind of chopped up noodles with, with shellfish and all sorts. And Maxine's getting her pasta, her rigatoni, actually. It was just plain tomato sauce. And Harvey gets his margarita pizza. And Archie's like, do you want to share a fiddle, Dad? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> it's like so good. 12-year-old Catalan. He's like, I'm not having any of that pizza and pasta. Let's go for the shellfish fiddle. So we shared that. 
And so it and so it happens, <laughs> yeah, don't they? Kids yeah, grow up. It's one of the things. Yeah, it was, it was one of those moments where I was like, oh, look at you. This is great. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, food. But, Ned, I didn't realize you were presenting the presentation. I no, I wasn't. No, well, I wasn't really presenting it. I thought that you were just there the No. Nah. <laughs> oh, come on, David. Come on. <laughs> no. Do you know what I was doing? I was doing so... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be schlooging next week. No, week after next when we all go to Paris. But that's a whole oh, separate yeah, thing, isn't it? Because schlug. like, yeah, yeah, that's schlug of me. That's full schlug. <laughs> that's going to be immense. When's that? Next like, I'm week? so excited about that. Although, oh, man, no, it's so a week quick. after next. Week after yeah, next. it's like ten okay. days. It's twelve days away now. Yeah, oh. David's counting the days down. Which is what day? Twenty fourth October. Twenty fourth. Oh, it's midweek. Yeah. 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 Always is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, are you worried, David? No, I, I won't go down that route. I'm again, no, 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 I, I'm kind of, no. I'm apprehensive. I've kind of just can't. I've <laughs> never done anything where it requires three full days of rehearsals beforehand. Yeah, and it's like really. Yeah. I mean, is that them just absolutely zero lack of faith in my abilities, or is it going to be that polished? Oh, guess it's going to be that. Polished. That gives you any confidence? Uh, I get no, I about not- getting in the shower in the morning, so you'll be, you'll be, you'll be all right. <laughs> Do you know what I suspect, David? I suspect it's the production company absolutely rinsing the budget. Oh, yeah. That's what yeah, I, think I think it is. You're right. So it's like, nah, we definitely need four days of rehearsal. <laughs> I mean, we'll definitely need so that. True. So, uh, at the, at the, which a comparable event, the Giro presentation, which I've just come away from, and I literally wasn't presenting it. I was doing the voiceover, the English voiceover, in a little commentary booth at the nice. back of the stage. Literally, backstage. <laughs> it was so funny. Um, but anyway, I'll come to that. But 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 like it was in this beautiful like theatre in Trento, which is kind of like a a, a wedding cake theatre with loads of like boxes and very ornate and all that kind of thing. I mean, it's so Italian; it was unbelievable. But um, but that we had one rehearsal this morning at eight o'clock, and it was the most shambolic, beautifully, wonderfully shambolic thing I've ever seen. Um, and, but the three presenters—they had two professional TV presenter types. David, mm. pay attention here, and and they they had a third presenter who mm. was pacing backstage very nervously before before he went on stage in a very shiny suit with some grey shiny shoes, and that was Vincenzo Nibali. Oh wow! <laughs> who was like kind of a presenter but the the main two presenters just constantly over the course of the hour took the piss out of him for not really being a proper presenter oh no and and like i know how he and feels. every single it's guest fine. it's fine <laughs> <laughs> does that hit home pete <laughs> like i said apprehensive when i get in the shower in the morning <laughs> whether it's true or not it's home <laughs> What was so funny was that the, the, the main um, female anchor was complete. I don't think she knew, and I don't mean this in any other way other than the sense in which you must take it. I don't think she knew a great deal about cycling. But she was absolutely obsessed with this one joke that Vincenzo Nibali is learning his trade as a presenter. So every single time that another one of the guests got invited on stage, so we had Filippo Ganna, Jai Hindley, Peter Sagan, Primoz Roglic, all of them came on stage at a certain point during the ceremony. Every single one of them had to retort wittily to her saying, 
Uh, what do you think of this guy as a TV presenter? Oh, no. And pointing at Nibali. And Nibali, the longer it went on this joke, the more uncomfortable he looked. Oh, that's just <laughs> But poor. actually, he was quite good, I have to say. The, 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 the shark of Messina, yeah. Yeah. Good on it. Anyway, like, let's talk about the Giro in a second. Yeah, but, yeah. but but guys, what, what you know, you, that's what I've been up to. What have, what have you guys been up to? Take it over. Take the floor, David. Ah, uh, um... Well, we kind of know a bit, but... When did we yeah. last talk? Like, in the really noisy pub very, in London? Oh, uh, that's right, right, yeah. That was that's so blur. noisy, that pub. Um, yeah. Not much since then, actually. I came back, I went to... That was, yeah, because that was the end of my travels. I got COVID. I mean, that's been great. So the whole Run oh, Your yeah. Dream, the whole Run Your Dreams project is just falling flat on its face at the moment with my quad strength. Oh, sorry. Quad strength, go on. Let's just say... Oh, Sister Ellen. C- can we say, before I forget, f- your Sister Ellen. Yeah, I was going to get baby, to that. Baby Fass, yeah? Fass. Fass Valentine. Fass. Fass Valentine. Yeah. Congratulations, uh, Ellen, and uh, and your partner, whose name I've forgotten. Um, uh, but congratulations and, and welcome fast and yeah. how wonderful that is that's great news anyway but ca- carry on so hashtag run your dreams hashtag run your dreams is stalling slightly i mean i think i'm I'm committed i'll do it but i'm just going to do it now for the sake of it no look look oh. at pete smug kind of knowing <laughs> this is the inevitable outcome I, of this situation i'm so glad i but, got out when i did but <laughs> but i'm kind of relieved i had covid the last week because it's oh, forced doesn't to everyone do who can't so, so, now, so now the quad, quad strain's healed so now i'm good to go that's the only thing that could stop me from forcing everything and now i'm at home with the kids on my own and just um because nicole is away with uh my sister on her, her birthday party well, but not birthday party, just her birthday few days doing something. So I'm here at home looking after the kids. Um, yeah, having quite a chilled time, to be honest with you, Ned, because preparing, obviously, my my trip to Paris. Um, yeah, that's big. It's big, yeah, thanks. Um, and that's it. So, and my trip to Taiwan after that. Yeah, yeah, that's... Actually, on that, why would... Because Taiwan's for Chapter 3. For all listeners, and in particular... Uh, female listeners we have an amazing offer on all the chapter three women's apparel oh can i just say i've just typed it into the show notes ahead of time yeah and it's genuinely amazing i couldn't believe the number the percentage yeah. that you're about to hear go on, go on, go on. 60 percent off everything we're clearing through all our women's stuff and that's an ins- inclusive you put in at checkout nsf60 and you get 60 percent off all women's apparel and it's everything from beautiful road to autumn winter to off-road stuff to indoor cycling i mean there's something for everything so for everyone and every type of cycling. So please go on there, check it out. And the feedback we've got on the women's product is just amazing. It's just unfortunate we never managed to get enough women's customers. So we've got all this stock that we're sitting on. So I'd love it to go out there, especially to NSF listeners first, because I hope you won't be disappointed because so far nobody who owns it has been disappointed. So yeah, so go to the link in the show notes. David, you know me and you know that I occasionally like a political demonstration. Yes, you do. Yeah. I won't say which one it was, but I was at a political demonstration in South London about uh, 10 days ago or something like that, mm. and it, it, quite early in the morning, and a, a, a cyclist rode past the demonstration, or through the demonstration, heading for the Surrey Hills, and um, she was completely clad in Chapter 3 no way. Uh, clothing. Yeah, so I don't know whether she's also an NSF listener, but that would be nice. Uh, and also, And also... I am seeing so many flipping Chapter 3 Bromptons in London now. Oh, it's really? like I'm actually, 
I'm bored of noticing it now because it's I've kind of like, it? when I when it first started to happen, I, I sort of went, woo, David will be really excited. But actually, it's kind of the norm. So <laughs> No pictures anymore. Yeah. No pictures anymore. No, Pete, what's, what's been going on, mate? I'm what's trying to on? sort of pinpoint when we last spoke and what I've done since then. And the last, I'd oh. say the last you month. Went Italy. You went to Italy. You were, on your way to, you were on your way to Italy. No, that, you went so to that I went there after I spoke to you, yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah, so that was the last race of the season. Yeah, under twenty three, Il Lombardia, which was fantastic. It was like the sign on was like a local club ten. It was like the most oh, relaxed. Brilliant. No transponders, just it was so, oh. like just really. It was like going back twenty years. Um, the race, great race, great parkour, great racing from start to finish. There was a, like eleven man break with loads of big teams in Lotto Destiny um, development team, and one of them missed it. So the peloton was just full gas all the way to the bottom of the Gisello, where the race yeah, really, yeah. really kicked off. We had two in the break, which was great. Um, fortunately, the guys didn't really have the legs to get to get the result, but you know, all in all, great last race of the season. Um, long drive down, long drive back, as always. And then after that, I think I went to. I'd already been to Gran Canaria, hadn't I? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> this is what I mean. Yeah, it's right. was, this is so funny. This is, we could, me and David couldn't, couldn't believe comprehend what, what this. to happen next. Yeah. yeah, we couldn't comprehend this. But go on. Oh, oh yeah. And then did I go oh, I went home for a little bit and then went to Ibiza for the closing parties with my beautiful <laughs> yeah, wife Lauren. Of course you did. Of course yeah, you did. Obviously. We've been to we've been it to Ibiza, nuts. I think every year for the last eleven years together. Wow. And it was just so good. And now I'm back home. <laughs> we had a, that time we were chatting to Ellen, wasn't it? On WhatsApp yeah. again. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just it was mega. And now I'm back home, sort of settling into the routine of normal family life, which I absolutely love as well. But it just takes a few days to to adjust and and to get into the rhythm. But I'm looking forward to a nice sort of down to earth, you know, classic winter. Um, obviously, I love Christmas on the short term. I was in Marks and Spencers today and bought this candle for my office, which is called a balance candle. So I thought it'd be good nice to light Pete. when I'm doing work or podcasts and That's the aroma. Good. That's what you need in your life. Very good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Balancing. Yeah. So, balancing. But you need time to balance. <laughs> you need time. And you do. It, well, you got the candle. Time, so. That's just a reminder now, isn't it? Every time you light <laughs> yeah. it. Balance. So now, now it's a lovely red glow all over you. Yeah, Pete, you're brilliant. The red glow you're is brilliant. coming from my "You are exactly where you need to be" sign. Do you want to see it for, for you guys who can actually see? <laughs> yeah, it? we. I want to see that. Yeah. yeah. So Pete's now you can carry on talking. Exited. Carry exited. On our talking. Zoom meeting. Or whatever. You can carry on yeah. talking while I bring it down to show you if you want. Okay. 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 <laughs> so so it can be a bit of. <laughs> Isn't he great? Isn't he great? Pete. Here we go. You can see the reflection. Can he? I coming. could probably hear this. He just can't respond. But yeah. anyway, he's listening to us. But oh, he's reappearing oh, now with. Look at that. Oh yeah, he's oh, gone full red. Oh look at this. So he's got yeah. a like. So I'm going to try and describe this as a neon tube thing, and it says, "You are exactly." What else does it say? <laughs> where you, you exactly need to be. Where where you need to be and it's in in neon that's great and in my case i'm in trento david's in girona and you're on the isle of man so that's well so we were debating what to get on this neon sign and it just it was perfect because just no matter where you are you just remember that and away you go what would be on your neon sign ned uh trento (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> I'm in a 
I'm yes. the Pierre Roland no, just, Hotel. Just say, yes, I will. <laughs> yes, I will. <laughs> no, no. I mean, um, no, it's, 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 it's all good. But I, Pete, just to buy into your sentiment that you expressed just now um, about bedding in for the winter, mm-hmm. I'm thinking exactly the same. I'm kind of like, mm. I don't know what the weather's like in Girona, but I'm here in Trento. I've been in London last week. Mate, everywhere you go, it's 25 degrees. Uh, it's, it's worrying it? here. It's like full summer here. Uh, well, I don't know about the Isle of Man, obviously it's more <laughs> But like I was in Italy for Lombardia and for Gran Piemonte. I'm back in, and but even when I went back to London, it was still 23 degrees. So it's like, get on with it. Like, can mm. we, I'm sort of thinking I'm done with pretending it's summer. I actually need those kind of comforts of wrapping myself up now a little bit and kind of actually getting on with winter, which maybe doesn't apply to David so much. But Pete, you and me, Living in the British Isles, it's kind of like it's a good time actually, isn't it? When it oh, starts to get dark time. earlier, and yeah, yeah you love it's it. Don't you? from, You're going to get excited about Christmas soon. Yeah, eighteen. I think it was maybe eighteen to twelve degrees in one day on the Isle of Man, and you just walk outside oh. your house and you just feel Ooh. that crisp autumn. I, I know. I actually there's one there's one time I love more than Christmas, and that's autumn. My favourite season by far. Is it good on the Isle of Man? It's incredible it, on the yeah. Isle of Man. Everything's incredible. When are we going to go to the Isle of Man? Oh, we got to sort out the Isle of Man trip. It's Come ridiculous on. how we've never we'll done that. There. We'll get there. Yeah, I'm annoyed by it. Well, once we settle yeah. in for the winter and we have more time, we'll we'll organise it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So tell us about yeah. the Giro, Ned. What's what's going on? What's what's the crack? What do well, we have to look forward to? How, how, how about how about like let's just flip this round and like let's imagine that you guys are the journalists and I've got all the knowledge of the opinions. So like any questions you want to ask me about the jury? Yeah. Obviously neither. Did you watch it? Did you, did you watch the presentation? I didn't even know it was on this evening. Okay. You didn't even know it was on. Pete? I I had a quick look on cycling news at the stages that have been released today. Okay. To prep for the, the pod being honest mm. okay okay yeah, yeah. well so, david you're coming at it from yeah, a position of so complete ignorance well, ned with your your compa- let's do let's do a quick comparison as you're a recent connoisseur of the giro d'italia uh very relatively va- yep, vast experience you've been really at the coal face these last few years what is your first yep. impression impression of the 2024 giro compared to what you have become accustomed to Mauro Vegni, I think, has had a little bit of a think about the the recent. You know, you could you could argue. I think that you know, like we often talk about um, the Jean Marie Leblanc years at the Tour de oh, France. Oh yeah, David. Yeah, yeah. So flat, 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 flat. First mountain stage, second mountain stage. Da da da. Yeah, team time trial chucked in the middle of that. That was his kind of the Jean Marie f- formula. I think that Mauro might also be a little bit guilty of having slipped into a kind of uh, leave it all to the last week mm. sort of situation. Chuck everything at the Alps and the Dolomites, make it insane in the third week and all that sort of thing. And and it's, it's some, listen, it sometimes works and it sometimes doesn't. I mean, it's, it's really hard to design a, a race because you don't know how, which riders are going to turn up or, or how it's going to be raced, do you? But I think he's uh, had a little think and tried to do something different this year. And I think it's significantly different. 
And um, so I think he's gone, actually, guys, uh, let's make let's make the, the, the average length of each stage shorter, and they are significantly shorter. So there's a lot of 150, 160, 170 Dreamy. kilometer stages, and far fewer, <laughs> for the commentators as well, for far fewer 210 kilometer stages, sorry, which were a real feature of last year's tour, uh, Giro. So there's that. Um, but also, he's taken a little bit of the sting out of the third week. And there are 20... He said it on the stage today. There are 20%... There's 20% less altitude gain overall Oof, that's a chunk. than last year, which is it's actually a chunk, isn't it? It's yeah, a it's big a amount for the Giro, which in the past has prided itself on kind of being the hardest. Therefore, it must be the most, you know... Mm. Um, so they've gone, well, maybe that's not the best way to make a good race. So they've taken that out, albeit there are a couple of monstrous days in the Dolomites. I mean, they are truly appalling. <laughs> but mm. you need that as well. You need that as well. But he's he's basically set the tone from day one. So there's no individual time trial to get the Giro underway. There is simply a circuit race approaching Turin that takes the race over the Superga climb as just the hors d'oeuvre. And then into, so you know how hard that, that climb is. It's a really mm. tough climb. And then it takes it into Turin. And there are, there's a circuit which goes over two climbs, including the Colle della Madonna, Madolena, I think it's called, which is the one that Simon Yates won uh, a couple of years ago at the, at the Giro. So it's hard. Stage one is hard. Stage one is potentially a GC race. A little bit like stage one, I have to say, of the Tour de France this year, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't want to say that Mario Venue has looked at the Tour de France and gone, mm, maybe they got that right, but maybe they got that right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, um, so that's what I, that's what I think. I think the, the the GC challenges are much more evenly spread over three weeks than they normally are at the Giro d'Italia, and I like that. I like that. Yeah, I think only the problem with having it so stacked in the third week is. Only so many guys can compete in the final week. Um, where I think when you have the harder days in the first two weeks, it brings so many more riders into the sort of frame of being possible, you know, to be involved in the race. Even look at the tour this year. It was completely shut down, wasn't it, in the last five days. Even though you had tough stages, there was only certain riders who could do, who could go on, go in moves or or force a race. So I think it's 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 quite obvious what you need to do for a grand tour at the minute. But then my next question would be to you is who's he hoping to attract? Well, that's mm, a really good, question. A good question. And I, that, I mean, that's so true, isn't it? Like I alluded to before, like how do you design a route when you don't know which riders, you know, like, who you, so last year it was pretty evident he needed to design a route for Remco. Like, because he put in those long, what, 75 kilometers of time trialing or whatever for Remco. And then, of course, COVID intervened and the whole thing fell apart for him. But it's, it's, it's a tricky one this year because I don't know. Last year, last year it was Stella at the Giro d'Italia. This year, I'm not entirely sure who's going to turn up, like from the, from the absolute A-list, if I'm totally honest. Sprint stages. Are there many sprint stages? I mean, a standard amount off the top of my head. Yeah, I reckon seven, Mm. six, six maybe max. It's enough, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Wonder if really unretired Mark Cavendish will be going there again. 
Well, classic preparation, isn't it? Isn't for it? Him. Worked. Worked. Yeah, mm, not sure he wanted to go last year. Mm. Like, <laughs> oh, right. like reading between the lines. Okay. Having had a conversation with him recently, okay. I think that there was like, I think I was going to, I'm about to say off the record, but I'm literally recording the podcast here. I'm not entirely sure no that Mark's, that Mark's strategic tactical decision was necessarily to go to the Giro d'Italia. I mean, in the end, it worked out fine, didn't it? Yeah. It, like, it was the best thing he could possibly have done, mm. um, actually, for the Tour de France. But uh, yeah, by the way, we haven't spoken since no, we haven't. the big reversal of the least surprising reversal of the least surprising thing. But we've all kind of known it for ages. But Pete, have you had much contact with him? Like no, recently? haven't spoke to him since we spoke in the lab pub in London. Hmm. So no, no news really to offer on that other than what we know and they're going all in it's yeah. not like last year where it it felt a bit like they were saying oh one more chance this year it's like actually we want you to get the record with an astana jersey on and we're going to sign the riders that you need to do that yeah and yeah. the coach so it's very different isn't and it? the whole shebang the whole yeah. shebang. they're going yeah it's it you just the hold up what was that Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Be no point in doing it otherwise, would there? Well, they've understand the, understood the value of it, haven't they? Yeah. It's like, all of a sudden, Mark Cavendish can make Kazakhstan shine. Well, 2023 cycling season has finally come to an end for me. And it's been a hectic year with a lot of travelling. My diet's not always been the best, but one thing I've been able to rely on is AG1. I drink it as soon as I wake up, which has become a staple part of my routine. It's packed full of vitamins, minerals, probiotics, adaptogens, and whole food source nutrients. I sometimes even make a second drink post-evening meal, as a lot of the time I have to make do with a sandwich in the team car or a quick stop at the service station on the way to the next hotel. With so much time spent on the road, the travel packs have been an absolute lifesaver for me. I just throw however many are needed into the suitcase. AG1 just simplifies the whole process of taking on board the extra nutrients we may sometimes struggle to get from our food. So, if you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com forward slash never strays far. That's drinkag1.com forward slash never strays far. Check it out. <laughs> it's like it's like the anti Borat. But <laughs> that's very good. <laughs> David's won the pod. Yeah. That's very good. Yeah. I reckon he's got a bit of Borat in him one. deep down. <laughs> <laughs> Pete's won the pod. <laughs> Pete's come right oh, back. Oh god. 
Uh, and and then we've got the yeah. which has happened since the Lard Pub is the uh, Roglic move. Yeah, Roglic move and the kind of the whole pro, it's so pro cycling. I mean, this is going off the back that the conversation we had in the noisy pub, which I heard half of, was when you were saying you'd just <laughs> been in Madrid and you because I still don't couldn't hear most of it. Uh, when you listen were, to the pod, yeah, and listen then you back. Can hear, yeah, like, that's actually pro- all of it. Point. Yeah, I yeah. should have like done that actually. Yeah. Listen back yeah. and actually heard yeah. it properly. Um, <laughs> Is <laughs> you were saying how they're all the kind of the big hitters who want to change the sport, and but then you s- it, it was just such a prime example of what pro cycling is like at the highest level, where there's this huge kerfuffle about Jumbo Visma and Quick Step, and there's just it is the story, it's drama, what's going to happen? It's escalate, 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 and then you just wake up one morning, it's like that's nah, off. <laughs> it's just yeah. like what? What just madness. happened? Absolute madness. What yeah. just yeah. happened? That was wild. I mean, Primoz just scored. That was just worked out perfectly for him. Would he have also, gone anyway? His salary, though? I guess so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His, yeah. his salary yeah. has just gone. Whoop. I mean, like he's being paid. Uh, he's being paid a lot more. Not, not not just a bit more, but as I understand wow. it, like d- double or or triple. Good on him. Which is fair enough. By the way, yeah, he turned up. So he turned up at the at the Giro presentation today. I was like, with half an hour to go before we started the Giro presentation, I literally walked out of the stage door at the back <laughs> to go and get some bottles of water from a local <laughs> branch of Conad, the supermarket, because um, no one had thought about that I might need a anyway. Whatever, I went. I went and bought some water, and as I came back, he was just getting out of a taxi. <laughs> With his, with his a taxi. Oh, what? <laughs> it's like, it was a, a posh taxi. Okay, fair, I thought it was going to be like, like, but, um, so, like Dumb and Dumber, like top hat and stick and kind of tails. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, jackpot! <laughs> that would have been so, In a pink top hat and tails. <laughs> oh, shame. But he's like, but yeah, it was quite, it was quite, it was quite cool. And he was just hanging around there. And I was just talking to, so yeah, it was just like interesting to see I don't know. It's such a cycling thing, isn't it? Oh, yeah. He goes from one moment being this superstar to like just milling around a square in Trento. Yeah. And most people are just kind of like slightly annoyed that there are loads of vehicles parked mm. in the square. And, and, and like, and he just wandered off with his, with his wife and kids to go for a coffee. And like, anyway, well, I've got a question yeah. about Primos being there and any other rider being there for that matter. It's obviously they maybe don't want to be at the Giro presentation for no reason in the middle of their off season unless one they're doing yep. it or two they're getting paid to be there so my my yep. question is to as a, as the last final question as a journalist ned um do riders get paid to be there i think they do yeah yeah i i don't, I don't know but i i think that i think that they do yes <laughs> david have you ever been paid well, to be at a presentation of a stage race Oh, that's a great question. That's a good journalist question. Me? Yes, you, no. you David, yeah? No, no? Oh. No, 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 no. Maybe it's a new thing then. I don't know. Uh, it's probably quite a new thing, yeah. I don't... Yeah, was Peter, Peter Sagan was there, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, or or Gano, team Gano obligation. Like team obligation, there? yeah, maybe. I mean, team like... A, if you're getting paid seven million... Maybe... Yeah. By your team, I mean, they tell you to go. He won go. the race. I mean, that's just duty. That's just respecting the race. You can't not go. 
And, yeah. You know, I mean, maybe if it was Bradley, you wouldn't go. But most riders would have a kind of a sense of decorum and decency and kind of respect the race. <laughs> Shots fired. No, no, it's just um, the truth. There are some riders who just genuinely do think, oh, no, it's the right thing to do. I'll go. I won the race. Yeah. Or it's like, you know, yeah. I kind of, I quite like, well, I'd like to support them. Support the race. Brother Cadell. Support Brother Cadell, as I've often, of, uh, yeah, like, as I've often told you, like, got the bus to the... <laughs> Yeah, got the bus to and from the, uh, <laughs> the Tour de France <laughs> presentation in 2012 <laughs> or 2011 after he'd won it. Love you, brother Cadell. Really cough up. Oh. Yeah, love you. Love you, brother Cadell. Love you, brother Cadell. Yeah. Yeah. Haven't heard from him for a while, but yeah, no. send us a voice note, mate. Yeah. Love you, Cadell. Yeah. yeah. You got a gift yet from him, We Pete? love Cadell. Um, after yeah. the, the pod where I'm briefly mentioned where it was you complained about it yeah, yeah. he yeah. sent me a message of a case and he said would your phone fit in this and i was like i don't know why you're asking me this but yeah probably <laughs> that was it <laughs> <laughs> so have you not had the case the phone case no 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 it hasn't hasn't arrived yet so that <laughs> right, must be must be held up in customs or something brother Cadell, sort that out yeah, stuck somewhere between Switzerland <laughs> and Isle of Man. And um, sorry, Ned, what are you going to say? You're going to carry on, Jira? Nothing really. I just might. Uh, yeah, no, no, nothing really. I was no. going to say, except I, to uh, say, except to say this, I am super excited about. <laughs> I'm genuinely super excited about 2024. The whole, the whole shtick. The whole. Oh my God, that's so early. Amazing, I need. Jesus. What? Oh, guys. Seriously, you're both just shaking your head in total despair at me. It's, I mean, it's oh. despair. I mean, it's just. <laughs> David hasn't I mean, even it's, delivered it's also his presentation yet, and you're worrying about yeah. 2024. Just let's get through we the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Christmas, ha- Halloween, Christmas, and then 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 <laughs> we'll start <laughs> Halloween to, as well. You know, concentrate. In, you know, then we'll start the preseason training. Okay. Oh come on. Well, why are you like so excited t- about it? Why, why can't have you have you already? What? So have you put twenty three to bed with the roadbook, and now you're just like you're ready to think oh, running about twenty four. We'll talk about the roadbook now. I need to talk. I need to. I need to talk about the roadbook. The roadbook this year is unbelievable. Apart from the, the brilliance of the essays that I've commissioned, because I'm a great editor. <laughs> no, I, seriously, we've got we've got some brilliant writers doing amazing stuff. Some really established names, Kate Wagner. If that's a name for you, great young American journalist who's been around for a few years at the very highest level, even Ian Trelaw, who's written a brilliant thing about Thibaut Pino. We've got this and the other. Anyway, won't go into all of it, but Mark, I'm going to say this much, Mark Cavendish. You know what I was complaining about in the winner's words and, and Jumbo yeah, Visma last yeah, time yeah, we yeah. spoke? Yeah. Um, Mark Cavendish picked up the phone and I wanted to talk to him about his Giro win and my God, the 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 detail, uh, the the you know classic Cavendish, that kind of amazing recall, but also the emotion that he managed to summon up when he wrote his piece, uh, effectively in his own words. Honestly, that's worth the entrance price on its own. And w- yeah, sorry, Pete. Yeah. Sorry, I was just going to say, talking about um, fees for going to you know race presentations, <laughs> etc. Yeah. He's one of the guys actually in cycling who. Loves it that much that he will pick up the yeah, phone to you, see, and talk. Yeah, and he does it for just the love of decorum and decency and exactly. respect. Yeah, and I'm sure he's been paid a lot to do certain 
stuff for cycling. But on the flip side of that, when it comes to it, mm-hmm. he loves it that much that he would he would always pick mm-hmm. up the phone or be there when it when the it mattered. Mark, it, it, I think the thing with Mark is when he knows the territory, when he knows who he's dealing with mm. and why he's dealing with these people or this organisation or, you know, and he knows the score, he will give and give and give. You know, it's quite hard to maybe sometimes from the outside penetrate that, like, uh, for want of a better word, inner circle or something or kind of like to get through to him. But once he's decided that he loves the Giro d'Italia or he, well, he's a big fan, like, or he loves this or he loves that, you know, and he'll get on board with it, he's incredibly giving. So I've, totally agree with you yeah anyway um never strays for our listeners uh, the 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 roadbook which is the first roadbook ever to top out at over a thousand pages holy what <laughs> a thousand pages it's ridiculous and it's cost us as a result a whole load more to print but we're trying to keep our prices down but literally this book is getting ridiculous it's over a thousand pages long this year um, we've got a massive reduction of 10 quid uh, available just to you. Um, and all you need to do is go onto the Roadbook website, order this exceptional edition of the book to mark an exceptional year and enter the um, the, the, the code NSF. Oh, I don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> that was good, wasn't it? NSF almost. 2023, I think it is. Almost closed I it. I almost got it absolutely spot on. <laughs> yeah, NSF. Oh, no. It's in the show notes, but I think it's NSF 2023. <laughs> it, uh, yeah, it is. Brilliant. Probably. Um, but that's the code you need to use. If not, look at the show, look at show notes. But that's the discount. And you guys are the only people being offered that. And also, my final word on this, and I think I've touched on it before, is the people behind the roadbook, me and a guy who you both know, Jay, mm. right, have been working on this project now for seven years, including at least a year before the book ever got published. And I can honestly say, because it's absolutely true, that me and Jay have not made a penny mm. out of this project. <laughs> we have literally done it because we love the product. And the only reason that we can continue doing this is um, because you buy it. So keep buying it and keep, uh, keep, buying keep supporting it. the project. Anyway, so where were we? What were we, what, what were we talking I about? I was going to just jump on to uh, Pogaccia because yes. oh, you watched yeah. it. Did you, you oh. watch it as Lombardia. well? Lombardia! I didn't watch Lombardia, no. I watched it. I watched it. Mate. It was amazing. Tell me about, tell me about what, because I was commentating on it. Yeah. Tell me about what you thought about Lombardia. Well, I, I watched only the final bit and was expecting... Actually, it wasn't 100% because Pogaccio had been a little bit hit and miss in the preamble races. and But I kind of... When I saw Ben Healy go and I was like, oh, this race is going to get interesting. But it was almost before with long. With Oscar Only. With Oscar Only. It was Oscar Only who set it up, wasn't it? He did the yeah, attack. Yeah, yeah, that was amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was just more just to, being once again or being awe inspired by Pogacar because he makes it look like a formality. But even in that situation, it did look tougher. But the way he rode away and then it's incomprehensible kind of because we haven't seen one of those guys do one of their solo attacks in a while. And so it's been an opportunity to kind of watch other bike races happen without one of those big guns there just ripping it to pieces. And then Pogacar does that in Lombardia and 
And it was like, wow, you guys, there's this handful who are just next level. And Pogaccia was just the way he raced Lombardia to do, was only the second ever rider in history to do three consecutive. And there's only, what, two other riders that have done three yeah. or yeah. more. Bindi, well. Binder and Copy. Yeah. Mm, copy, yeah. Yeah. We're talking so, about so yeah. Merckx, Merckx won two. Two, yeah. And I say, I think, yeah. won three and I think that was just what was awesome about kind of with all everything that's going on and kind of you see riders come and go, the fact he, he won his first race, he won his last race and to do Lombardia and the way he did it, I was just, it's, it's nothing but awe and respect for, for Tali Pogaccia. And, and that's not just kind of fanboying, that's just as a, a, a spectator of the sport and, and going, you're an incredible athlete and it's a privilege to, to watch him in action. David, he cramped as well. I know. Like the cramp. Did you see the cramp? Yeah, moment? I saw the cramp. That looked terminal. That looked terminal. Like yeah, it, it did look like. Terminal. And then I tell you what was interesting with that because he did it, and then obviously kind of was able somehow to come out the other side of it. But then the way he rode up to kind of in Bergamo up that climb was like a man possessed. Yeah. Was yeah. just and it looked and there it was really interesting with him as well because he had the legs to do it because he was still going fast up there, but he was just loving the kind of Tebow effect kind of yeah. you could see that he was being fueled by that kind of the P Tebow Pino fire crowd that was up there I don't think I've ever seen yeah. like a crowd that animated at the front end and I'm pretty sure Tadi Pogaccia at the front end of a classic having that sort of raw kind of going it must have been next level because it looked just from the images pretty wild to be honest with you it looked like a, a combination between a sort of an, a Muir de Hoy stroke uh, Alp Duez madness. It was the first time I've ever seen that in a classic, actually. It was very cool. I mean, but that, like, because I was there and well, yeah. I wasn't I wasn't there, but the next, that, yeah. th that evening mm. <laughs> after dinner, I rode a city bike back up the climb that he'd literally just been up, you know, and, yeah. and back, because my hotel was just a stone's throw from the top of that little climb in, in the old city of Bergamo. That is some setting, David. I mean, That's for a bike there, race to finish. Yeah. Ah, oh, and this matters, doesn't it? Mm. It matters in the way that, it, it does matter in the way that we appreciate and, you know, kind of like allow our assessment of these bike races to kind of mature over the years. Like the setting, the setting matters enormously. And I kind of think that Pogaccia, kid, kid though he is and young man that he is, sort of, he gives me the impression that he knows this. Yeah that he knows mm. his place and his place that he's carving out with increasingly big strokes in, in history. It's quite, it's quite remarkable to see a kid who, who, who sort of like seems to understand where this is all the, heading. The gravitas. The, the gravitas. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And it but, was but, interesting. But what was, yeah. So, sorry, sorry it was just yeah. on that. It's, you've got to also look at Lombardia. What's happened to a lot of those classics at the end of the year, they fizzled out, they lose their identity. The, what Pogaccia is giving back to Lombardia as well, that prestige, is oh, huge. You know, he's kind of he's amazing. he's putting that monument back on the map properly. Because before yeah. it'd be yeah. kind of ran. I'm not saying random. It's only great riders win Lombardia, but it would always be different riders. No one's going consecutive at Lombardia because it's the end of the season yeah. and everyone's three, fried. Three in a yeah. row. Yeah. So it's the fact, and that again shows so much about him. Because be interesting to go back and see how many consecutive victories there have been at Lombardia because I think the very positioning of it at the end of the year riders are very rarely consistently going well at the end of the year you know it's kind of yeah. an anomalous kind of effect and so you get your Lombardia win but Pogaccio just manages to pull out and be 
good consistently at the end of the year, even after his Tour de France and Spring Classics and and it's giving Lombardia a fresh, going back to that word, fresh gravitas as a monument. You're like, okay, that's mm, one that needs mm. to be won because Pogacar is mm. just doing it over and over again. So, like, apologies if you're not, if you're expecting Pete to chime in, but at the moment is is complete internet meltdown in the Isle of Man, so he's kind of, like, dropped out. But here's the thing, David, and you know I like terrible predictions. Yeah. <laughs> none of which, none of which ever come true. Um... But how about this? How about how about Tade Pogacar? Oh, Pete's back. How about Tade Pogacar for his twenty twenty four program goes? Oh, I think I'll do the Giro this year. Yeah, and like plays mind games with the whole. Like he's got so much time on his side. Like plays mind games with Vingegaard and the whole Jumbo Visma Tour de France project and goes. Now, nah, just I'll just go and win the I'll just go and win the Giro with one hand tied behind my. It back. would probably be a good way, and you know what, a good what way of holding him back. It would be a good way for his team management to hold him back, send him to the Giro to kind of take it easy for just a do month. Do the Giro, go and pick that up, like easy peasy. <laughs> yeah, like do easy the Giro, peasy. and then maybe like and then take and then take uh, a couple of months off, and then go and win the Vuelta as well. So that's like then you've got four Grand Tours, and then. 2025 think about the Tour de France and see what kind of shape Jonas Vingegaard is in (laughs) (laughs) it's a rubbish prediction what do you think Pete what do you think I wasn't sure when you first said do the Giro with the idea of sorting the tour but no skip the tour that's the whole flex yeah that is the whole flex that that would that's the whole flex just go he can't he loves it too much (laughs) he He loves it too much he's never gonna miss this one no or go to the tour and ride for Adam Yates (laughs) I don't know (laughs) do do something mad but he is just yeah like as you've identified David correctly in winning Lombardia in the manner that he did like his first race and his last race of his road racing season were victories mm. you know Jaén Paraíso uh, you know and then he just rampaged through the opening part mm. I mean he just rampaged through it you remember you remember Paris-Nice where he just oh arrived with a perfect record it just yeah. ripped the head off everything you know yeah it's just but apparently and I've heard this from a few people he needed to win Lombardia and he needed to put Roglic away um, for his own psychological benefit. Like, huh. like I, from within his camp, the, the narrative has emerged that he actually needed that. Like, yeah. there, was, there is, for the first time in his life now, significant doubt about some of his major objectives. Mm. Uh, and that was important that he won Lombardia. Mm. Peak <laughs> end theory. He did it. Yeah, that makes a difference to that that time yeah. of year, doesn't it, David? When you have that sort of completely yeah, and talk about settling into the winter, he can now settle yeah. into the winter in a really good headspace. Kind of, you know, he's just doing something that, yeah, but only one other person has ever done. A bit old school as well, not like in in a way, in a terms of contracts maybe, but with the the whole merger thing exploding around that time. Quickstep had a mm. good end to the year, didn't they? they oh my Pierre god, Monte, wasn't that amazing? They won Trey Valley, Verissi, yeah. And I, I guess my question now is: Grand Piemonte, they won. Yeah. Yeah, now the the merge is off. What? So what is Jumbo Visma next year, and what is Quickstep next year? Do we know that? 
Am I out of the I think Jumbo Visma. I think Jumbo Visma is there's less mystery there because they came out of that kind of of you know it's like a date where they decided not to show up. Yeah. Kind of. Whereas Quickstep were left sitting at the table, kind of <laughs> like to, so, you know. We still don't know the we still don't know the name of the teams though. Which no, but I mean we the, the point. I think just Quickstep. What was really interesting is that Pete and you point that out. It goes to show how much Quickstep is a team that's built on passion, yeah. and because they are a one-day team, and it was almost as if in all that kerfuffle, and again going back to just it was very visible, like the lack of leadership and communication in Quickstep. It was complete chaos. So the riders, even Remco, nobody knew what was going on. And yet they somehow kind of wolf-packed it amongst themselves again and started winning and using that as their platform to be verbal and kind of to be outspoken about what's going on. And I think that had a really negative effect kind of on that merger because all of a sudden it was, you know, Patrick Lefebvre realized that his legacy was not just going to go down, it was going to go down in flames and his name would be mud if he went through with it. It would have been but it does awful. Mean, it would have been awful, but now, it's, now you're right. What what happens to Quickstep now? Because they're the ones that needed the merge, merger more than Jumbo Visma. And it's like, okay, so I don't know. I don't think they know. I'm unless sure. no idea. Czech billionaires stumped up. But it was close, wasn't it? It was like... Super close. I mean, I... Luke Lamperty obviously rode for Trinity for the last three years and who I've coached. Mm. I spoke to him briefly and he was under this the idea that it was it was done. Huh. Yeah. And that's a rider going to Quickstep next year. Yeah. So mm. but I mean, yeah, us on the outside, fair enough. But for someone for a rider on the inside to actually be like, Well, it's happening, do I need to find no, but, team? But like you say, Pete, like when Elon von Wilder won Trevale Varizene he actually said in his post-race interview, the whole situation is shit. Yeah. yeah. You know? and, he, and, he, and he said, uh, Julian Alaphilippe said, this is a sad situation. And like, it, it, like the riders were clearly under the impression that their contracts were going to be mm. annulled. And it, was, and it was done. So, so, it's, it's a, so then my it's next a question is, situation, if but the riders thought that, why didn't it happen? If everyone was that convinced it was going to happen, what was the... Why? It, what was the you know? What was the reason for it just completely sort of disintegrating into nothing within Yom, like David said, saying Yamavisma. From what we've seen, and Ned might, but all they said was, "Oh, we no longer require it." Well, because so they think required it, it at yeah. a certain point, and now they don't. I think they were, they were hedging their bets. Did they, ever they had a backup. It, so. Really? Yeah. Don't know. So they've got a, like they've it. got a headline sponsor lined up that they're yeah. about to announce, and they yeah. they they can be independent mm. of the whole merger but it doesn't it doesn't like and then Remco like recommitting himself to Sudal Quickstep doesn't in exactly inspire confidence in the Remco project it. in terms of no. like winning winning the Tour de France God the amount of collateral kind of stress that's going on in that team you know it's the anti-Yumbo Visma you know it's yeah. it's kind of you don't want to be if you I mean, Pete knows you want to be in a team that's a very safe and consistent kind of and reliable yeah. surroundings, not the absolute cluster that Quickset appears to currently be. So, who knows? I don't. Yeah. Godspeed. I don't. Godspeed. Godspeed. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, like, are we... Um, we're done here, aren't we? Yeah. 
Yeah, I think we are. I think yeah. yeah. There's no point in scraping the barrel. I think we've covered. <laughs> <laughs> we may. So listen, we we're we're definitely going to pod, David. You and I. I'm going to do a little travelogue pod on my journey to France. Oh yeah. To go and see you on yeah. stage at the at the, the Velo d'Or, which is going to be amazing. Mm. And then we're going to both be. Are you coming to the presentation of the? Yeah, well, if it's in the morning, yeah. And I'll go. Are you presenting it? Are you like presenting? No, I'll just be there as official. Oh. Uh, never strays far media with you. Oh, oh, you think? Have no. you applied for accreditation? No, I won't. I, no, no. I tell you, I'll have my accreditation from the night before because I think they already presume I'm going to the the, um, the Tour de France okay. presentation. Because they're going to walk up and go. Moi, je suis David Miller. Je suis David Miller. <laughs> interesting okay so maybe that i'm inside the congress no no definitely because they had a hotel booked we'll for me on the wednesday night as well and i was like i'm not staying wednesday night oh, as nice. well yeah oh, okay. so they okay. fully intended cool. me to be at the presentation for whatever reason maybe they do expect me to be on stage i doubt it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wrong Okay, I shall see you. I shall see you soon. And um, stay in touch. That's it. I can't think of it. I can't, yeah, stay in touch. Exactly. Stay in touch. Keep that there WhatsApp you, yeah. group alive. Too right. The WhatsApp group is alive. Yeah. 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 And 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 in the meantime, um, all all the best greetings to Brother Cadell, but most particularly Sister Ellen. Yeah, Sister Ellen. Ciao. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> <laughs> 